What's up, Wizards fans, and welcome to another edition of Off the Bench, presented by Alibaba Group. My name is Chris Gehring from WashingtonWizards.com, and joining me, as always, is Jackson Filio, also from WashingtonWizards.com. And our special guest today, a Washington Bullets legend, Phil Chenier. Let's just start. We're here right before Wizards Bulls, one of the few home games this month before the holidays, um, a busy month for the Wizards. But, Phil, I, I want to open and just obviously you have watched this team for a long time. You've watched a lot of these core players for a long time in this team. What are, what are your impressions of this year? We knew it would be a rebuilding year for the Wizards, definitely a year of growth and development. But what are, what are, your, what are your thoughts so far on this season? Well, I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to mind is the, the injuries that, that, that have taken place. Don't want to spend a lot of time talking on that. But when you lose a five-time All-Star like John Wall, it obviously makes a difference. Um, I, I was really excited about the play of Bryant from last year. So, you know, his going down for a couple of weeks, uh, obviously that uh, uh, kind of is a thorn in the side. But on the positive side, uh, Bradley Beal still playing at an all-star level, uh, showing growth and development from last year, which was another all-star year for him. Uh, And then, you know, some of the new guys that they brought in, Ish Smith, um, who's always been a backup. And, I mean, he came in to this team as a backup. But, you know, as will – happen sometimes backups have to become starters and I think he's stepped into that uh, that role well uh, Wagner and uh, Bertans have been pleasant surprises I, I don't think anybody uh, was expecting a lot from them Bertans uh, I think he has his own little cheering section now when he starts to drop those threes so there are some good building blocks, but you know, in this league, to really get to the top and, and be the winner, you have to have dominant players. Now, that's not to say that some of those younger players that I mentioned might eventually develop into some of those really strong characters, and that's what's exciting. Is I mean, you know, you knew when LeBron James came out, he was going to be a dominant player. Uh, you knew when Kevin Durant came out you knew he was going to be a great player, you know, but it's some of these other players that uh, maybe were free agent signs or maybe they were drafted in the second round. Nobody really knew what to expect. All of a sudden they find the right team, the right situation. Um, they're, they're developed properly. And all of a sudden it becomes a unit and they become an integral part of that attack. You know, that's really exciting. So we might be seeing the development of those kind of players. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, that's what we as fans, that's what we all, we look for the positives and we try to accentuate that. So, you know, I, I've seen some good things. Obviously, you'd like more wins, but um, there, there are some promising pieces there. You mentioned the injuries, and, you know, we've touched on this a little bit. It's John's injury notwithstanding. None of them have really been particularly long-term or serious injuries. They've been little, uh, you know, two games here, a week or two there for different guys. So it's been this rotating cast of injuries that mm-hmm. has made it a, a little difficult for the, the team to set a lineup game by game. Um, you know, we've had G-leaguers come up and contribute a lot over the yeah. last couple of weeks. Yeah. Davis, as you mentioned, has really established himself as well, one of the more impactful players on the team. When you're watching a, a young team that – you know, over the first couple months of a season hasn't exactly had an opportunity to settle. What do you look for 
from those young guys in a uh, adverse environment like yeah. that to it's, it's a little harder to pick those things out when yeah. guys aren't playing game by game with each other. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about adverse situations. How do they re- respond to adversity? And that's not just, you know, uh, in terms of an injured player and playing. That that comes from play to play. I mean, if you make a bad play, okay, you feel bad about it. You know you messed up. But does that affect the next play so you, that you make another mistake and, and on and on? So you look for the confidence, you look for the bounce back effect, I call it, and the ability to, to overcome that kind of adversity, whether, um, whether it's a play, whether it's a call, you know, or whether it's a, a, a stretched out period of time where you have some key injuries and, and you have to uh, uh, make do with some, a different standard you know, or a different lineup. Let's not forget that when you have key players out, that means players that have been kind of successful like an Ish Smith off the bench now he's a starter so that that's going to affect your bench production as well and I think for most part of this year this team has been one of the most productive teams uh, you know off the bench so I mean it, it has a trickle down effect in terms of uh, what happens but again I think that's the challenge that players enjoy and thrive on is you know like hey you know they don't think I can do this, but I think I can, and I want to show that I want to show the world that I can do this, and I can live up to this this opportunity. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasant amount of those guys that have had those those whole games. You know, you've had Moritz Wagner put together like you know these just these big games where they put it all together for a whole game, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, I want to ask you about this too. You've had a relationship with Bradley Beal for quite some time for his whole career, really, and. After Moe's big game, that big double double, we had like thirty something points. The, there was, we got video right on the court, thanks to thanks to Zach Rosen, who's on the road with the team, of just Brad just being there, right there to celebrate that game for Mo. And I just wanted to ask you, as, for, as a as a leader, and you've watched him kind of grow in that role. How important has that been for him to k- just keep growing? And from what you've seen on the court, talking to him off the court. How how where where is he at in that part of his game? Because we we know he's an all star now. He's a multi year all star. He's proven that. But as he keeps growing and, and keeps leading more and more of these young guys, taking mm-hmm. them under his wing, how have you how have you seen him grow in that that area? Think about the impact that has. Here's Bradley Beal, a soon to be three time all star, and you've just had the biggest game of your life, and he comes up to you and acknowledges you that makes you feel good that makes you feel like you belong that 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 puts you that much more uh makes you that much more engaged with the team and and that's good for confidence you know you have a lot of great players but the really great players they make their teammates better sometimes you do it by your your play on the floor sometimes you do it by instilling confidence in them, instilling a sense of um, camaraderie and teams uh, uh, being a a teammate. Um, So, I mean, for me, that would be like my first or second year having Wes Unsell come up to me and pat me on the back or Gus Johnson say, hey, man, great job, man, we're with you. I mean, I'd be willing to run through fire at that point, and I'm sure – Mo Wagner would say the same thing about that experience with with Bradley. And I've seen that with Bradley 
all throughout his career. Keep in mind, I mean, he just played one year in college. You know, he led the team, and I know he led the team in rebounding. I think he led the team in scoring as well. But, I mean, he was a leader even as a freshman. So he came here, and, of course, that kind of responsibility quickly fell. I mean, he had some veterans that were here, don't get me wrong, but but he knew that he was going to be one of the top players, and I think he had to fall into that role or, or learn to develop, you know, uh, and feeling comfortable with that role. So... I see him think about how how his assist numbers are going up, you know, and that's because he's not afraid to trust his teammates. He's not afraid to give them a chance. You know, and I'll say this about myself. I knew um, most of the time that I played with this team, I knew I was going to get anywhere between 15 and 20 shots a game. So, you know, if I had a moment where there was somebody that doesn't play that much and he had a chance to do something, why not give him that chance? And I think I've seen that kind of attitude with Bradley because he's going to get his 20 shots a game. He knows that. I mean, and it doesn't, I mean, probably there's a chance that he, he's going to get more because he's that good. And right now, because he's that much of a, a threat. You know, they're going to have the ball in his hands that much more. But that means that he's got to be selective, mature about it. And, again, in those opportunities, when he can give somebody else a chance to shine, he's already a big shining star. So when he has the opportunity to make somebody else feel good about themselves, that's that's making your teammate better too. So there's different ways that you can impact your teammate and, and your team and, and, and I think he's, he's, he's caught on to that. Earlier this season, you had a chance to sit down with John Wall and Isaiah Thomas yeah. and break down a little bit of film leading up to a game against Boston. Um, you know, running through those two guys that played against each other. It was fun to watch them relive that entire experience. Mm-hmm. You obviously uh, enjoyed it. Um, and we were really satisfied with what came out of that. It, it, was, was, awesome. it was a very it was cool product. Too. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. What, tell us about that. What, well, first of all, I didn't realize, you know, I mean, I knew uh, Isaiah came out of Seattle. Uh, actually, my last year in the league, I played with the Warriors, and one of my teammates with the Warriors was Lorenzo Romar, who coached at Washington. So I started watching Washington, then I started realizing all these guys that were coming out of Seattle, you know. So, you know, I thought about that. But then, you know, getting back to John and IT, I'm saying – they start talking. They say, oh, yeah, we knew each other back when we were 14. I said, 14? You're from North Carolina. You're from Seattle. How does this work? He said, well, we played in this game, and we played on this uh, juniors thing. And yeah. I said, it's, it's amazing the kind of exposure, you know. So the opportunities for young kids now are great, but the pressure and the demand is far greater than 50 years ago when I was growing up. That being said, that was a great experience, and it was just a matter of listening to them relive those moments. And like all ball players, you know, do you guys golf? Are you golfers? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Great holes. You remember the <laughs> hole. You can tell. You can say what course <laughs> it was on. You can say what club you use. You know, we remember those moments, and that's what they were doing. They were reliving those moments, uh, and they could tell you specific parts of a game 
of the game that, well, this turn here, and, and just listening to them interact, oh, yeah, well, you know, we had uh, Markeith was doing this, so we were going to try and, you know, And play not just of reliving that. what happened. They remember what they were thinking in the moment and Absolutely, running through what was yeah. going through their head and how they got from A to B in those different yeah, situations. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's like that with players. I mean, you have a photographic memory, so to speak, and you can go to that spot you know, it's like a computer up here. You can go to that spot, that moment, and say, oh, yeah, you know, I remember this, I remember that. And we were actually not even talking about just the playoffs. We were talking about the whole year because you remember the first game back, they beat us up there in Boston. And then the first game back here was where they wore the all black and it was all this and it was contentious. And, you know, and the guys, the guys uh, took care of business. So they, and they were going back and forth, you know. <laughs> And speaking of that, I, I, I do want to ask you, too, before we get you out of here and we go watch the game, um, this this season so far for the NBA has been a really, really interesting one. There's been a lot of shifts. You know, you see the, the Warriors have a lot of injuries, and they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're kind of down in the Western Conference. There have been some new risers in the Western Conference with teams like the Clippers, um, LeBron back with the Lakers, and then this Eastern Conference especially, since that's what we're going to see so much of. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's a lot of the same characters, but in different places, different teams. I just want I, I want to get your view of the the East, the the Raptors playing the way that they've played while losing Kawhi. Um, what is what's excited you the most about this season? That honestly, it kind of seems kind of wide open mm-hmm. on both sides in both well, conferences. First of all, let me say this. Um, uh, speaking of the wars, you guys know I'm from the Bay Area. I've yes. got friends. I talk to people. Obviously, they're down, but they're they're looking at the other side. They're saying, "Well, you know what's going to happen is we're going <laughs> to get the number one pick, and then we're going to get this guy, and that guy." But but this is the point I want to make. That's why coaches, players, uh, front office people. That's why every year they want to win because you never know when you're going to get hit with a slew of changes like the Warriors have. They're obviously not the team they have been over the last five years. You know, uh, Clay goes out first, then Curry. You know, you already lost KD. Um, and and uh, D'Angelo Russell gets hurt. Who You know, so it's like, okay, when we have things going for us, we better take advantage of that. And, and I think that's the way teams – you know, have to feel. So when you get a championship, you stay hungry. You got to get more because when when you get hit with that bug, there's nothing you can do. You, you're on the other side. That being said, um, you know, it's fun. I was looking at the Western Conference, and there are a couple of teams that you just – Portland is one of them that, you know, for the last three or four years, I think they've overachieved. But they've always been competitive, especially with that backcourt combination. But, I mean, they're out of the playoff picture right now. I mean, they could hit a, a real hot run and get something done. Um, uh, there's another – well, obviously New Orleans, I mean, they have the injury to the Struggled rookie. The injuries, but there are a yeah. couple of other teams that you expected to be there that aren't aren't there. And you've had other, other teams that have played – Phoenix is in the playoff run. Nobody saw that happening. So to look on the East, East Coast, uh, uh, the Eastern Conference – uh, I think we all kind of expected Milwaukee to be probably the team, certainly the team hungriest. Yeah, no um, question about that. You know, that. felt like they had a lot to prove. 
Um, didn't know where Toronto was going to be with the loss of Kawhi. They still had some veterans, and, and, and you know, they're hanging in there. Uh, Boston, um, you know, I mean, they've got – but they lost a lot. Philly is a team that, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're still in the top four in the East, but I expected them to be right there neck and neck with Milwaukee. I really did, especially when they picked up Al Horford. I just think Al Horford is a winner. I think – and you, if you re- remember, three or four years ago, whenever it was, when he was a free agent, yep, absolutely. We were we were the last team. It was it was between us and Boston, and I can't help but wonder if we had been able to pull that one off, where this team would have been with him, you know, playing in that middle. He could have played along with Gortat, or he could have played at the center, giving you a small unit. There's a lot of things that he could have done that would have really had an impact. So I think he's going to have the same kind of impact with Philly, but I'm kind of kind of surprised that they haven't been more dominant. Well, and so much of what he brings to the table is going to pay dividends in the playoffs when Absolutely, you're able to yeah. run different lineups mm-hmm. and show different things with Embiid mm-hmm. and see how those two guys play off each other. Yeah. That it, come yeah. April, I think they're going to get really And, and it looked together. like, it, it seemed like over the last week with some of the comments coming from Shaq, some of the national comments, Yes. It seems like that lit, that's lit a fire under Embiid, and good good for him. It should, you know, because he is really. I mean, when you look at his size and then his skill level, there's no reason. To, and I didn't see the game, but I understand he came out of a game with zero points. Yeah, that did happen. That's right. And I mean, he played the game right. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> right. like yeah. you know. I don't know how that happens with somebody that size and that good. Well, you mentioned the Raptors. You mentioned the Sixers. Um, you know, Wizards are going to get a good look at both of these teams this weekend yeah, on the yeah, road for each of them. So, yeah. um, but it, you know, on the other end of this weekend, we're going to have a good look at both of those teams and see some of those questions answered and um, have a better understanding of you know where some of those teams sit. Yeah. Last thing, Phil, we'll get you out of here on this one. I just want to get as we go forward in this season. There are so many storylines. You know, obviously Bradley Beal, his All Star campaign is about to kick off mm-hmm. in earnest. We'll have voting starting soon. Um, but what what storyline on this team? Maybe it's Rui. We didn't really get to touch on him very much. Sure did. He's gotten a little bit of a injury bug as well. But uh, what's the storyline that you're really looking forward to following as this team goes forward? As they get, hopefully get to play with one another a little bit more. You know, get those injury bugs out of here a little bit and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. What's what's kind of the storyline that, that's going to carry on to you um, as we get into December? Really, really the middle of the season. Well, it kind of goes back to something I touched on in in the first conversation that we had in terms of some of these young players that you didn't know what to expect from them they're showing some promise and the question is how good can they really be and I forgot about Rui I should have mentioned him he is another one Um, you know he could be really really good you know there's and, a natural feel for the and, game. And, has, and you yeah. guys, you know, I'm, I'm going to check your, your your eye contact when I make this statement, but those two or three games in a row that Bertans had, he had 31 and he followed it up with 27, 28, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, the next close. game? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There were parts of him that reminded me of a style of – Durant. 6'10", can catch and shoot, quick release, can put the ball on the floor well enough that if you overplay him, he can get by you. Now, of course, the question, and this goes to what you were saying, 
how good can this guy really be? He sparked a lot of interest, yeah. and I think Rui has as well. I don't want to I don't want to shortchange him, but the way he was shooting threes, I was at the the last home game, and in my section, I mean. You guys sit right close sit to me, right? right? Yeah. Me, yeah. So the people to your left, I mean, yeah. they were up grabbing their, you know, it was like he hit three threes and then he hit a four three. It was like, oh, and they were expecting every one of those to go down. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's kind of exciting. I mean, that's what, that's what you try to develop and generate with your fans, that, that, that sense of expectation, that sense of, yeah. What's possible? This this guy could this he could he can make another one. He can make another one. Yeah. So the storyline for me is, you know, you know what you got in Brad, and you certainly hope that when uh, John comes back, he can he can. That's a tough injury, but you know he's tough-minded. You know, and and yeah. you know I know he's going to come back. You know, confident. He's going to, you know. He's still going to be under thirty, yeah. or right at thirty. That's yep. that's still you know uh, uh, prime. So you know what you get from those guys. But is are we going to see the evolution of a new star in this city? Could be Rui, could be Bertans, could be Wagner. Uh, who am I missing? Um, but but those are the three young yeah. ones. And today's game is a game where you have to be versatile. You know, you can't just be just a shooter. You can't be just a ball handler and a playmaker. You know, you and you can't not play defense. You've got to mm-hmm. be able to do all those things. So to have size, to have agility, to have quickness, uh, to have ball handling skills, if you combine all that, then you know who's the and, and the other thing I've, I've I've failed to mention or bring out everybody knows that what we've seen with Bertans is he's got tremendous range. I mean he shot a couple of those and yeah. I mean you know, we're talking five Contested six too. feet on the wing not not you know not even straight away you know yeah. that's a long long shot. Yeah, I mean his his ability to square up from really any angle. You know, off the catch, off the dribble, uh, all those different things. It's you're right. It's a, it's a it's an advanced level of of being an elite shooter. And you I'm know? not saying he's KD, <laughs> right. or, but I'm saying clear, yeah. you know, let's let's start. You know, hey, six ten, KD six ten. You know, he can catch and shoot. KD catches you. Now, is that going to be his mo? Is that is he going to be able to prolong this as a career? Or you know, or is this just a phase? I mean, that's 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 the challenge for him now. That's right. It's going to be really exciting to find out. But guys, that does it for this edition of Off the Bench for Jackson for Phil Schneider. Thank you so much for stopping by. As always, it's great to see you. My pleasure. I'm Chris Gehring. We will talk to you guys next time.